From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Monique Aiken, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, July 14th. Today, David Bank catches up with Musa Mabesa, head of the $140 billion South African Government Employees Pension Fund, at the recent Connecting Capital to Communities gathering at the Salzburg Global Seminar. In trying to find solutions for our members, we try to leverage the, the muscle that we have as a fund, as a big investor in the economy, to see how we can ease the burden of providing houses for our members and use the strength of the, the balance sheet that we have to assist our members to access housing. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in Impact Investing. The Wolakota Buffalo Range is demonstrating the value of catalytic capital on indigenous land. The 28,000-acre range supports 1,000 head of bison on a Rosebud Sioux tribal lands in South Dakota, one of the world's largest native-owned buffalo herds. A new report, Indigenizing Catalytic Capital, from First Peoples Worldwide, identifies catalytic foundation grants as a key factor in putting Wolakota on the path to financial sustainability. There are about 35,000 indigenous-owned companies in North America doing $38 billion in business each year. Yet, private equity and venture capital have a negligible presence in those businesses. Kate Fine of First Peoples Worldwide says, quote, There is a huge opportunity there for impact investors. There are some silver linings to the crash in climate tech VC. Venture funding for climate solutions plunged by 40% in the first half of the year, as part of the broader VC slowdown, according to Climate Tech VC. But seed stage funding, both in terms of deals and investment capital, actually went up compared to 2022, a reflection that climate remains a keen interest to founders and impact investors. Just this week, Azola Ventures raised $239 million in blended capital to bring new climate solutions to market, and Spring Lane Capital raised $290 million for green and sustainable infrastructure. And climate investing is a focus for all of the funds on this month's list of impact funds currently raising capital. The list, on Impact Alpha, features strategies for financing diverse cleantech founders in Los Angeles, community ownership of shopping centers in Chicago, and growth stage climate ventures in India. Check out the seven featured funds on impactalpha.com. And a new wealth agenda aims to increase tenfold by 2050 the wealth of U.S. households of color and households in the bottom half of the country's wealth distribution. The Aspen Institute agenda starts with measures to raise wages and reduce the debt burden from medical, student loan, and other debts. To generate wealth, Partners in Equity in North Carolina is helping primarily Black business owners buy the commercial buildings in which they operate. Local Code in Kansas City is developing community projects with community ownership. And now it's time to talk about institutional investing in Africa with Musa Mabesa of South Africa's Government Employees Pension Fund. David caught up with Musa at the recent Salzburg Global Seminar, Connecting Capital to Communities, sponsored by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Let's listen in. Musa Mabesa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. It's good to be here. You are the chief executive and principal officer of the South Africa's Government Employees Pension Fund. That's correct. And uh, we're delighted to have you. You, The pension fund, I think, is one of the largest in the world and maybe the largest in Africa. Yeah, we're the largest pension fund in South Africa and in Africa. And something like 140 billion in U.S. uh, assets. Correct. That's 2.3 trillion rand in assets under management. Correct. So that makes you a major player, obviously, in the South African economy and South African financial system. You're invested mostly in South Africa, I think. Yeah, 90% of our investments are in South Africa and we're the single largest 
investor on the South African uh, stock exchange. Yes. So you're something of what we would call maybe a universal owner. Yes. Um, how do you think about uh, the responsibilities of a universal owner? Look, we, we are a very significant investor. We are a significant player, and that makes us a, a responsible investor because we not only look after the, the investments of our members, but we've got a responsibility towards South Africa Incorporated as, as, as a, a general investor. Why? Because anything that we do uh, has an impact on South Africa at large. So if we shift money in South Africa, it has a uh, bearing on the economy at large. So what we have to do is to make sure that we invest responsibly, firstly for the sustainability of the pension fund, but as well as the sustainability of the South African economy. So you have beneficiaries, pensioners, you have to pay out each month, each year, and so you have to make sure that you have the returns to cover that. Uh, but you also, they're also your members. I mean, they also live in cities and, and they have homes and they send their kids to school. Um, uh, how do you think about uh, sort of the impact of your investments? So we've got the makeup of our membership. We've got just under 1.8 million members, 1.2 million active members, and around 550,000 pensioners and beneficiaries. So we pay out uh, around 550,000 pensioners and beneficiaries on a monthly basis. So that's the liquidity that we require. The 1.2 million members we invest on a monthly basis to ensure the future savings for those members. The 1.2 million members spread across the, the, the various regions in South Africa. The responsibility for us, and I think that's one of the pressures that we have now, is to provide housing for some of those members. That's part of the social responsibility that we feel as the fund we have to provide for, for our members as part of the investments that we make. So in trying to find solutions for our members, we try to leverage the, the muscle that we have as a fund, as a big investor in the economy, to see how we can ease the burden of providing houses for our members and use the strength of the, the balance sheet that we have to assist our members to access housing. I want to get into that example, uh, uh, but first let me just ask more broadly. I mean, can you think about the social impact of your investments as a part of the decision-making? Um, do you think about the water crisis in Cape Town or the, the disease burden in, in, the, in the country? Uh, are those part of the considerations in your investments? Yeah, so the, the GPF follows a, a developmental investment agenda. So part of our responsibility as an investor is to invest responsibly and as, as, as signatories to the UNPRI, we make sure that our investments make an impact. We do impact the, the, the lives of our members. There's also an ESG component to it. We, we make sure we take care of the environment. Without an environment, there is no planet. And if there's no planet, there is no investment for us to, 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 to make. So we have to be responsible in how we, we make our investments. So what we do as a fund is we make sure that every investment that we make, especially in the unlisted space, there is a social aspect to it. We make sure we take care of the environment. Our ESG indicators that we insist on when we give money to uh, other managers who manage funds on our behalf, as well as other investments that we make directly, is that it satisfies our ESG criteria. So the impact aspect of it uh, from a GPF perspective is very important. We have to make sure that there is impact and it can be measured over time. Now, you obviously invest across all asset classes, I imagine mostly in publicly listed equities, but also other classes. Where can you find the most impact? So we find the most impact um, in our unlisted uh, investments, but that's still a small allocation. So close to 50% of our asset allocation is in the listed space. Around 25% is in, in the fixed income uh, securities. 
10% in, in, in our properties and in the property space as well that's split between um, the, the REITs as well as the unlisted properties. And then the rest is in cash and, and in our unlisted investments. We're trying to achieve our impact uh, agenda through our unlisted investments, which are currently 5%, um, and we could be doing more in, in increasing that allocation. We believe so unlisted, just to be clear, unlisted is what you might call alternatives. Alternative investments, yeah. We yeah. refer to it as unlisted investments. So also. private equity, private but equity, also real assets. Real assets, yeah. That's what we're looking. Infrastructure, particularly infrastructure. We've got an energy crisis in South Africa. You mentioned the water crisis that uh, yeah, it, well, was mentioned in Cape Town over the past couple of years. We invest in infrastructure that is sustainable, that will assist in the economic development of South Africa. So we look at those types of infrastructure projects for future and long-term returns and sustainability so that we can ensure the sustainable development of the country as well as sustainable returns of the fund. Now, it works both ways. You're mostly domestically invested, so you're subject also to the risks um, of the South African economy, which has had its ups and downs. Um, uh, how do you mitigate the risks of being, from, from a global investor's point of view, maybe concentrated in South Africa? So we follow a liability-driven um, investment approach. So we try to match our liability. So our investment strategy follows the, the, the liabilities that we hold. So the bulk of our, our liabilities are rent-based. So that is we, we've got a bias towards uh, investments in South Africa. However, 10% of our assets are based outside South Africa, and we've got a desire to increase that allocation. But I do have to mention that we have a, a home bias, firstly, because of our liabilities being rent-based, but also being cognizant of the fact that if we move money out of South Africa, it will have a negative impact on, on, on the economy. What I do want to mention is that in 2008, when we had the global economic crisis, um, the fund in South Africa generally was not as hugely impacted by what was happening in the global environment. So it does work to our favor when uh, there's turmoil in the global economy. So sometimes it, it works to our advantage that we've got a home bias towards South Africa, uh, but we would want to diversify. So we do have a strategy to diversify, but we'll do that responsibly over time. Now, you mentioned housing, um, obviously a big problem everywhere uh, and uh, in South Africa and other places, one of the big problems is access to credit or access to finance for, for say, a mortgage. Um, and you've taken some of the clout you have as an investor and tried to forge a solution. Tell us about that. Yeah, so our, our thinking is pension funds uh, are retirement savings of members of the pension fund. And in our case, these are members of, of the public service at large. and our thinking is this money belongs to the same members who invest in, in the stock exchange, they invest in, in different other assets, and those assets are the same assets, financial services providers that provide loans to the same members, so it's their money working for them. Um, and we're trying to look for innovative ways for, this, for members' money to work for them whilst they're still in active service. So part of the solutions that we're looking for over and above pension-backed um, home loan lending, so mortgage lending, through uh, the security of their pension savings is to see how we can invest in other securities and financial services products that will facilitate home ownership for, for our members. So we invest in, in, in companies that provide home loan solutions, developments that will be backed by the pension fund through an investment vehicle so that we, we ensure that there, there's still an investment case in those uh, investments whilst members access affordable housing 
and still ensure a return for, for the fund in a responsible manner. So we do not sacrifice the economic returns, but ensure that there's also that uh, social return for our members at the same time. Okay, and this specific case was a, a, a financial institution that you backed, that you helped them sort of change their own practices to make uh, mortgages more available. Sure, yeah, we, we invested in a particular um, in, in, in company called SA Home Loans, and then we took up a stake of 25% and facilitated around the 25% for, for transformation purposes. Uh, and we injected capital in that uh, entity. And we, we serviced almost to over 20,000 um, mortgages for, for our members that were struggling in the past to get mortgages from other financial institutions. And that's another example of how we can use the, the funds balance sheet to advance the interests of, of our members. And we're looking for other schemes in which we can assist our members progressively, either debt rehabilitation, looking for other schemes like uh, rent to own for those that are not in a position to, to get mortgages in the, in the meanwhile, and then look for other innovative ways as well to work alongside other financial services institutions to advance the, the, the needs of our members. We can't do this alone. We need to partner and collaborate with other uh, providers to provide these solutions in a collaborative manner. Thinking broadly and sort of taking it up a level, um, how do you work with sort of your other peer pension funds across Africa and more broadly kind of local uh, uh, capital so that um, it's not just a sort of global or, or, or European US uh, based capital trying to come into Africa, but that uh, African capital uh, investing in, in, in development in Africa? Good question, David. So what we have locally in South Africa is what we call an asset owners forum. Uh, and this is a collaboration of, of retirement funds in South Africa. It's currently 16 members of, of retirement funds in South Africa where we pull funds together and, and ideas and we share knowledge as well as expertise and project pipelines in the infrastructure space where we look for um, common ideas and common projects that we can both assist, be it government or pension funds themselves, to identify projects where we can either save on costs, especially due diligence costs. Uh, we can assist each other in identifying potentials for synergies so that we don't all look for opportunities where someone else has failed or has done well and replicate a process that we could be saving um, on cost ourselves. So we've used this forum to identify um, solutions uh, for the industry, for the country. I'll use renewable energy projects as an example where we try to seek solutions to assist uh, the, the government in, in solving our energy crisis. We will discuss projects as a collective, take it to our respective governance structures, and then when there is uh, joint approval, we will come back and, and consolidate whatever opportunities are available and then roll it out through the respective funds. So that's a collaboration through the industry because we control in excess of 7 trillion rand as retirement funds in South Africa. How do we shape the discussion and influence the thinking and investment in infrastructure in South Africa going forward. We're here at the Salzburg Global Seminar in Salzburg, Austria. You've been here for a few days working with folks on food, water, housing, other issues. Um, anything that you have learned or want to take away or take back to South Africa? I think the appreciation for me is the, the challenges are identical across the globe. Um, what's, what's very close to my heart is the housing issue, affordable housing. Um, this seems to be an issue across the, the, the globe, irrespective of, of which country. The, the solution that we, we seek to find is how do we all work together, private sector, the public sector, as well as 
the philanthropists, how do they all come together and we find solutions to, to, to solve this. For In our case, the housing challenge for, for everyone, to give people dignified homes. Um, what, what we're missing in, in all the jurisdictions is how to make these bankable uh, or investable projects because for investors like ourselves, we still want to receive um, an economic return over and above the social return. So it's packaging them in such a way that you still derive the economic return over and above the social return. So for us, it's how do you find those synergies for collaboration so that you achieve both the social and the economic return. So I'm, I'm, I'm picking up that there, there are synergies, there are opportunities for various sectors to work together, but then it's packaging it together in such a way that it's attractive for both sides, the public sector and the, the, the private sector, so that we all achieve our, our objectives. And you come away more hopeful or less hopeful? I'm more hopeful because our, our challenges are the same. It's just putting our heads together and, and, and talking more often to find solutions. Great. Musa Mabesa, uh, uh, Chief Executive and Principal Officer of the Government Pension Fund in South Africa. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, David. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to Musa, David, and our producer, Isaac Silk. Sign up for Impact Alpha Open, our free weekly newsletter, directly at impactalpha.com. Or become a subscriber to get full access to our award-winning daily coverage in impact investing and sustainable finance. Just go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Anique Gaken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Be sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care. Take care.